0: Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Sports Network Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanetti, and on Stick to Sports we do talk about Ohio State athletics, but more often than not, we avoid the X's and O's of said sports and dive into what is going on around the periphery of the game, as well as whatever was keeping us occupied and entertained in between. As always, I am joined by the Land Grant West Coast Bureau Chief, Jamie Yurich. Jamie, you are getting ready to, I believe, first fly across the country. And then fly across the Atlantic Ocean. Is that, do you have to fly to somewhere on the East Coast before you head to the UK?
1: No, I'm flying direct to London, which is the longest flight I've ever Wait, taken. What? From LA? I, I am.
0: Wow.
1: You okay. It. Uh, I've got my compression socks ready.
0: Good for you. Taking some baby aspirin along with you?
1: Some baby aspirin? Yeah, we're good.
0: So, what are you going to do to entertain yourself on that however many hour flight?
1: So I am hoping to sleep. I'm very good at sleeping on transportation. Um, And so I'm hoping to sleep because I land at about 10 a.m. UK time Friday morning. Um, Which is like
0: 5 a.m. Eastern. So three to Pacific time where you normally are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like middle of the night for my body. So I'm hoping that if I can sleep on the plane, um, get through the day in London and then go to sleep, like at a normal time, London time, perhaps I can minimize the jet lag. I don't think that I can avoid it altogether, but I am be able to mitigate some of it. That's the hope.
0: Okay. Well, good luck with that. Uh, I often fall asleep on planes, but I can't sleep for very long on them usually. But most of the time, my flights are two or three hours. How long is your flight from LAX to Heathrow?
1: It's about 12 hours. I think it's like 11.45.
0: My God. Good luck to you. I, I Godspeed and all of that, because mm-hmm. I don't know that I could do it. All right. We are here to talk about the Ohio State and Notre Dame game. Jamie, you have been on record that you're not watching. You have decided that it is not good for your heart, perhaps your stomach, your entire constitution for you to watch this game. You come from a family with many fighting Irish fans and alums in it. What is it? about this game that makes you want to just sleep through it beyond the fact that you'll be dealing with jet lag and all of that stuff, but no interest in watching this game at all. Is it just the familial rivalry or is there something about this specific matchup that makes you want to avoid everything about the game while it's actually happening?
1: No, like to be clear, I watched the game last season and I think like all of us, we, we there was that kind of question mark in all of our brains, like how is this going to go? Um, because we again, th- this is the first game where either of these teams have really played anyone of note this season. And we saw that last season and there were a lot of question marks around that game. I watched that happily. I felt really good about that Buckeye team. I feel less good about this particular matchup. I think it's going to be a really close football game either way. And I do think that my doubts about Kyle McCord, he's started to kind of, turn that corner and take on the confidence that he needs to have as the Buckeyes quarterback. But I am still really nervous. I do think this Notre Dame team is the real deal. And I do think they're good enough to beat the Buckeyes. And so this is one that like really could go either way. And if I stay the last time I stayed up to watch a sporting event into the wee hours of the morning, it did not go well for me. And then I was not only cranky about the outcome of the game, but I was like, tired the rest of the day too and i just i can't do that again
0: i think that's fair i i I would hate for it to ruin your trip to london because you're going from london and then gallivanting across the rest of the european continent although i guess technically england and the united kingdom is no longer part of the european continent but that's a conversation for a different podcast i suppose but as we look at this game jamie this is a game where i think both sides come into it a little bit unsure of what their teams are it's kind of what you mentioned there like with when, when CJ Stroud was the quarterback last year you at least knew what the offense was going to be capable of capable of because he had one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Cam McCord by the time the season ends might be one of the best quarterbacks in college football we don't know but as of now he's just super unproven so i i, I to me as i go into this game i'm not coming into it with nerves um because I think Ohio State still has the talent advantage over, over Notre Dame, but I'm going in with a bit of apprehension, which is unusual for me. Normally, I'm either nervous or super confident, but I just don't know what to expect. Notre Dame obviously is a much different team than they were last year, especially with the addition of Sam Hartman as quarterback, who has played college football I think since the mid 80s, he was at Wake Forest for forever. He's played in a ton of big games. And again, Wake Forest, not a huge college football program, but he played in the ACC. He played against Notre Dame. He played against, you know, Clemson and Florida State and uh, and even North Carolina and all of those other schools in the conference. So he's played big games. This will be the biggest I'm going to go out on a limb and say because it is a top 10 matchup. I don't think he's ever been in one of those before. He's played well so far this season, but I also don't know if he is ready to take on a defense like Ohio State's like we've seen so far this season. So you're kind of avoiding it because of the unknown. I'm not nervous, but I'm 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 just not sure of what to think going in. If there was something about this game, Jamie, where you did have a ton of confidence for the Buckeyes, what would it be?
1: Oh, you know, it, it's interesting because I... I just lost all train of thought while you were talking about Sam Hartman, because he is not what concerns me about this Notre Dame team.
0: Okay. What, what is that?
1: Um, their offensive line. And then when you combine that, so like the tackles are exceptional, but when you combine that with my Heisman sleeper candidate, Audrick Mm Estime, um, who's Notre Dame's running back. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about, Estimate his run game because OSU hasn't played an opponent yet that can produce on the ground like he can. Um, and when you couple that with this offensive line, this offensive line has the potential to really poke holes in the Buckeyes defense who hasn't, you know, I think that Jim Knowles has put together a much better defense this year than we've seen in the past couple of years. And they were on the men last year, for sure, from what they had been the previous two seasons but I think that we've started to kind of finally see them really turn that corner with confidence this year. I am nervous about Notre Dame's offensive line. I think they have the potential to really poke holes in that defense. And um, and if they do that, Audra may could go off and that worries me.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be concerned about, but I also feel like Ohio state is one of those teams that because they have so much natural talent that even if we haven't necessarily seen it, come together against a big team so far this year. They obviously put everything together in their 63-10 to 10 win over Western Kentucky this past weekend, but they didn't necessarily do that against Indiana, who is not nearly as good as, as Notre Dame. They didn't do it against Youngstown State, who is probably the worst of all three of the teams that Ohio State has played. But I do wonder if they were kind of ramping up. Not that I think that, you know, a lot of fans often say, well... The offense, the play calling was bad. They must be saving stuff for team X. I don't think that's a thing. Like maybe there's some trick plays here or there, but no offensive coordinator, no play caller, no head coach is going to be like, you know what? I want our offense to look like garbage today. So I'm going to call terrible plays just so they don't get film on them. They might save stuff. Of course. But I do wonder if there was a little bit of an acclimation process through the first three games of the season to kind of continue to add things into the offense, to lessen the reins on certain players, to lessen the reins on some of the schematic decisions that they made, to add in more stuff from the playbook throughout each week so that as they go into Notre Dame, it is more of the complete Ohio State squad That we were thinking would be and that was by design that it hadn't been throughout the year not because they were hiding stuff, but because they did have a number of new players in key spots that they wanted to give them a ramp to be 100% or at least as close as you can be through, you know, the first quarter of the season to head into this game without overwhelming them early on. So I'm kind of holding on to that Jamie that even though there's a bunch of things to be concerned about with Notre Dame. Is that maybe a lot of the things that we're concerned about with Ohio State aren't really things that we have to be concerned about. Maybe the fact that the defensive line hasn't gotten a ton of sacks really doesn't matter. Maybe, you know, they're not going to get a ton of, of, of tackles for loss against Notre Dame and against Sam Hartman, but maybe they get enough pressure to kind of make him uncomfortable. And that gives the the secondary, who has played lights out so far, more of an opportunity to shut down guys. So I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic thinking that. While there have been things that haven't looked great at all, and I've written and podcasted about how disappointed I've been in a lot of things, that maybe that was a bit by design. Not again that Ohio State and Ryan Day has been like, let's suck for three weeks before we play Notre Dame, but you know, maybe there's there's steps, there's progress, and maybe you just don't unload it all in the first game when you know that the fourth week of the season is a, is the first real test for your squad.
1: That's fair. I think that's a fair take. And you know what, I do think that this Ohio State team is a team that historically, I mean, this Ohio State in general under Ryan Day steps up when it's called for. And we saw that, I think, in the game against Georgia last year, right? Like, OSU shouldn't. Shouldn't have been as close to winning that game as they were based on what all the experts were saying what everybody was saying even what we had seen all season, and then they were that close so maybe they really will just kind of step up, but I I don't think that I know that with enough confidence to not be at least a little worried.
0: All right, you're not watching. I'm cautiously optimistic. We will see what happens on NBC on Saturday night. But before we get out of here, Jamie, let's talk about recommendations. You're going to be sleeping on the plane. So I thought you would have some sort of recommendation that you were going to be taking with you on the plane. But what is something that people should watch, listen to, read, do, either before or during or after the Notre Dame game if things do not go the way that they want?
1: Well, I am. I will be bringing the book *Killers of the Flower Moon* on the plane Ooh. with me, in the event that I do not fall asleep. It is based on. It is a book by David Gran. Um, there is a Scorsese film coming out later this year, um, and so I want to make sure I get the book in before I see the film. But yeah, I I'm excited to read it. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's. I've heard it will be a good plane read from the folks that. I've read it before, but the general story is about um, the murders that took place in Oklahoma on the land of the Osage Nation during the 1920s um, after oil was discovered on their land. And so after these folks were murdered in kind of mysterious circumstances, there was like a major investigation by the FBI that was directed by J Edgar Hoover. So obviously like a very famous controversial character. Um, and so there's a lot of kind of big name players at stake here. And I think it sounds like a really interesting, compelling story. And so I am looking forward to that read before I see the movie.
0: Very cool. Love that. Um, I'm going to recommend a TV show. We have been not really doing that with the strikes, but this one I'm going to go ahead and do because it airs on AMC, which has gotten a waiver from SAG-AFTRA for all of its shows currently in production. This is not currently in production, but if it were, it would be something that I think AMC would, would get the waiver for. And I'm doing it because on Tuesday, while we are recording, it got a season three pickup. This is a show called Dark Winds. Have you watched this at all, Jamie?
1: Um, I have not.
0: Okay. It is a phenomenal kind of dark, eerie, true crime, psychological thriller show. It is based on the Leap Horn and Chi novel series by Tony Hillerman. Uh, it just wrapped up its second season. Both seasons are six episodes long, so it's a, a short watch. But Zon McLaren, who you've seen, a ton. He's been in a little bit of everything. He's been on Reservation Dogs. Uh, he was in the TV show Hawkeye. He was in Westworld. But he's great. He plays a tribal police lieutenant in the Navajo County in uh, in the Southwest. It's not really exactly determined where that is because the the reservation spans quite a bit. His not official partner, but he is a deputy at times and also a police uh, and also a private investigator is played by Kiowa Gordon. He is Jim Chi, and they investigate crimes on the Navajo reservation, sometimes crimes committed by uh, indigenous and native people on the reservation, sometimes by people from outside, uh, often white people and it's a great series it's super interesting it kind of blends the the hallmarks of true crime tv shows and books with kind of some of the spiritual things that are so important to the native american cultures especially the navajo specific ones it's a great series the second season is i think even better than the first and i thought the first was one of the best things that i saw in 2022 so i recommend that one i'm very excited that it's coming back for a season three and um, looking forward to watching that whenever it comes out
1: awesome that sounds great i'll have to check it out
0: All right, everybody, that is all that we have for you today on this episode of Stick to Sports. Whew. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but whenever it is, we don't have much, much longer to wait until this game. I think a lot of us will be sitting on pins and needles until that game happens, Jamie. You will be asleep when it happens, but nonetheless, I think it will be an absolute blast to watch this Buckeye team go up against what I think is going to be a really good Notre Dame Fighting Irish team. So... If you are finding this episode on landgrantholyland.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a five star rating and review. We would much appreciate it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow the Land Grant Podcast Network at Land Grant Pods. You can follow Land Grant Holy Land at Land Grant 33. You can follow me at BWW Matt. You can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich. Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.